It's War Week at Revival Tabernacle. Thank you for joining us as we lead youth from all over the country in a week-long experience of missions and service. Highland Park in Detroit, Michigan are being blessed right now by the work of our youth with their hearts and their hands. Every morning and evening, our pastors and guest speakers are challenging them with the Word of God, inviting them to take steps towards spiritual growth and to put faith into action. Oh, yeah. We got Duran up here on the keyboard. Making me sound way more spiritual than I am. I love it. He is the best keyboard player in the United States of America and beyond. Give it up for Duran. Now listen, I don't come from the biggest church, the craziest church, the wildest church, but I do come from a loud church. I'm not up here to have a monologue. This is a dialogue. We can interact together. We're family. I don't have a lecture for you, okay? We're gonna discuss together, as in you talk, I talk. It's gonna be great. So if I say anything in the next 25, 30 minutes that you like, you have the freedom to say amen or other things. And just so that you know, amen is not like a church word. Did you know that the word amen literally means so be it? So anytime in church that you say the word amen and you say, so be it, in other words, you're saying, God, I receive that for my life. I, regre- I agree with that. I receive that. I want that. So be it. Amen. So you can say amen. You can say preach. You can say, I like that. You can say, come on. You can say, preach it, white boy. You can say, my friend needs to hear that. But you can't just sit there and be quiet and act like somebody made you come to war week. Because church is not meant to be endured. It's meant to be enjoyed. We're going to have a good time tonight, are we not? All right. So let's practice. On the count of three, think of what you're going to say. Preach, amen, come on, I like that. Preach a white boy. My girlfriend needs to hear that. Whatever you want to say. Just, you can't be quiet. So yell something out on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. It's amazing. Some racist right over here. But other than that, we're good. I have a quick confession to make. I have never really liked school. I agree with school. I went to school. My kids will go to school. But I always had a difficult time with school. And I think a lot of it had to do with my ability to listen to my teachers. In fact, when I went into my freshman year of high school, they told me I had to take a foreign language. I was like, what? I can barely speak English. Why am I trying to learn another language? They said, I have three choices, French, Spanish, and German. I said, what's the easiest? They said, Spanish. I said, I'll take that. But then I found out that Spanish was not that easy. And so my freshman year, I failed Spanish class. So what happens when you fail a test in school? You got to take it again or go to summer school. I like that. Speaking from experience, yeah? No. Oh, okay. Sorry. Jesus name. So here I am going into my sophomore year, still taking freshman Spanish. And I try to study, I try to prepare, I don't take it that seriously. I end up failing freshman Spanish again my sophomore year. Now I'm going into my junior year, still taking freshman Spanish. I fail it a third time. Now I'm going into my senior year, 
taking freshman Spanish. My professor's like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, yo, no say. <laughs> Finally, by the grace of God, I pass freshman Spanish my senior year, and I graduate high school. God is still on the throne. And I wanted to listen to my teachers. They were saying, Todd, you need to apply yourself. You need to study, you need to prepare, you need to take it seriously. And I was trying to listen to my teachers, but I knew that there was more. Then I went into summer before college and my parents were like, listen, you need to stay out of trouble. You need to hang out with the right people. You need to get ready to go to college. I wasn't a Christian yet. I didn't know Jesus. I did my best to stay out of trouble. They were like, no partying, no drinking, no dating, any of that. So I, I did what most teenagers do. I, I didn't really listen that well to my parents. So that summer I was, you know, trying to obey the rules. My parents said, you have to be home at 11 p.m. So I'll never forget there was this girl that I kind of liked and she kind of liked me. Her name was Emily, okay? Shout out to Emily. Ooh, trouble, yes, absolutely. Prophesying. So I had to be home at 11 p.m. My cell phone rings one night at 10.45 p.m. And the cell phone said, incoming call. This is before caller ID. You had no idea who it was. Anybody remember that? Of course you don't. You know nothing about this life. There used to be a time when your phone rang and you didn't know who was calling. It's 1045. I have to be home at 11. I have an incoming call from I don't know who. I pick up the phone and it was Emily. And she's like, hey. She's like, I'd love to see you. So I meet up with Emily. But before I do that, I first call my parents and I tell them, listen, I'm going to stay the night at a friend's house. Has anybody ever done that? Don't raise your hand. And my dad goes, oh, yeah? What friend? And I said, um, I'm going I'm to stay at Stuart's house. He goes, Stuart? I said, yeah, Stuart. Now, here's the thing. I, I, I was living in Indiana, and there's no way you're from Indiana. Absolutely not. Are you? Yes. Two years, shout out, I love it, Hoosier. So I'm living in Indiana. My friend Stuart lives in Kentucky, but I live right on the border. So Indiana and Kentucky are like 10, 10 minutes apart, and the only thing that is separating Indiana from Kentucky is a river. So you just cross over the river on the bridge and you get over to Kentucky. So that's what I told my parents that I was doing. So anyway, so I, I, I stay in Indiana. I go to this girl's Emily house. It's like 2 o'clock in the morning. We're watching a movie. It's going great. All of a sudden, my cell phone rings again, and it says, incoming call. I'm like, oh, no. Who's calling me? It's 2 o'clock in the morning. This is ridiculous. I answer the phone, and it's my dad. And he's like, where are you? I'm like, Stuart's house. And he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm sleeping. I'm sleeping. You just woke me up. I'm at Stewart's. I'm, I'm in Kentucky. I'm all the way in Kentucky. And he goes, get home now. I said, yes, sir. Hang up the phone. Now, I'm like five minutes from home. Okay, I'm just like down the street. But, you know, I wait like 30 minutes, and then I go home. I walk into my home, and my mom is there, and she's completely furious. But as soon as I walk into the room, I look around, and I notice something. My dad is not there. And I'm like, where? where, where where's that? And she goes, oh, he went down by the river to wait by the bridge that connects Kentucky to Indiana to see if you really crossed over that bridge. That's what I said. 
And what I noticed is in that season, I was trying to listen to my parents, but I just felt like there was, there was more. I ended up going to college, had a great time, met some good friends. I graduate from college, and my friends come up with this brilliant idea, hey, let's backpack Europe. So I said, let's do it. For how long? One month, great. Where are we gonna go? Everywhere, awesome. So the plan was to go to seven countries. We ran out of money, so we went to five countries. One of the countries that we went to was Switzerland, and we go to this city called Interlaken, and when we arrive, we find out that it's the extreme sports capital of the world. In other words, there are sports that exist there that are not legal anywhere else in the world. One of those sports was called Glacier Canyon Jumping. So we sign up for this. We walk up to the top of this mountain and there is a crevice in the earth and there is a homemade contraption built with a harness and a rope about this thin that you jump off into the Glacier Canyon and you swing back and forth. And this entire contraption was built by a white guy with dreadlocks named Ziggy. He was like, don't worry, it's safe, you can do it. And my friends were like, dude, just jump, man, it's gonna be awesome. I'm listening to my friends, so I end up doing it. Actually, I have a video of it. Do you wanna see the video of it, me jumping into the can? You wanna see it? Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna show it. And just FYI, it happened to be Mother's Day, so I shot the video for my mom, sent it back home, gave her a heart attack. It was awesome, okay? So let's, let's check out this video really quick. You wanna see it again? One more time, let's roll it back. That was great. <laughs> Good memories. And in that moment, what was happening was I was trying to listen to my friends, bad idea, but I, I just felt like there might be something more. And what I realized through all of these different seasons of listening to my teachers and listening to my parents and listening to my friends, I learned a lesson that there is no greater voice to listen to than the voice of God. And what will happen sometimes is sometimes we get discouraged and impatient because we don't feel like we're hearing God's voice, so we settle for a friend's voice, a parent's voice, a pastor's voice, a teacher's voice, but I want to encourage you tonight that there is no greater importance in your life than your ability to listen to God. I was, I was tempted. I was tempted to come tonight and just preach to you something that would excite us tonight, but I would rather preach you something that will equip you for your entire life. Okay, come on. So what I'm realizing is there is no greater factor to your future than your ability to hear the voice of God. There is no greater factor that will determine what you do with your life than your ability to hear from God. And some of you already know this, but some of us older people will definitely be able to tell you, some of us, we wouldn't have done some of the dumb stuff we've done if we could hear the voice of God. We wouldn't have dated that person. 
We wouldn't have gone to that place. We wouldn't have started that thing if we could hear the voice of God properly. How many of you here, if you knew 100% beyond a shadow of a doubt that God had something specific to say to you, you would want to listen to that. Just lift your hand. And I'm here to tell you tonight, he does have something specific to say to us. But a lot of times we have difficulty hearing. I remember a few years back, I was driving on the highway and I was listening to music. I think it was hip hop music because hip hop music sometimes makes me speed. So I'm listening to music. It's really loud. My windows are down. I might've been going like a little bit over the speed limit, like maybe 10 miles per hour, maybe 30, somewhere around that range. I'm driving down the highway and all of a sudden my music is so loud and I'm so into the song that I'm listening to and it's blaring in my ears that I couldn't hear the police siren that was behind me. The cop is trying to pull me over for speeding, but because my music is so loud, I can't hear the cop. So the cop naturally assumes that I'm running from him. So he calls back up. And before I know it, there's four cop cars and my hands are on the hood of the car because they thought I was running from them. <laughs> and looking back, it was funny now, not funny then. I, I realized something about that. I think there's a, a lesson in that. And that is this, my ability to hear was affecting my ability to respond. You can't respond properly if you can't hear properly. And God is up in heaven shouting things down to us and we can barely even hear them. In fact, about three or four months ago, I was on an airplane flying to a city and I'm sitting on the aisle seat and I look over to the other aisle seat and I notice this girl sitting there and I start to kind of like eavesdrop on what she's doing. Have you ever eavesdropped on somebody just like got curious, like, come on, be honest, you're in church. And I'm looking over at her and she's got the screen on the back of the seat on, she's got her computer out and I'm just observing her, I'm just watching her and seeing what she's doing. And all of a sudden, after about five minutes, I, I, I kind of calculate everything that she's doing and, and it was pretty impressive. This young girl was literally watching a movie scrolling Facebook, texting a friend, building her website, and listening to music all at the same time. And I had two thoughts. Number one, that's pretty impressive. But then the second thought I had, even for my own life, is the more accessible we are to everyone, the less available we are to him. And I'm afraid that we get so connected to everybody and everything else that we're not connected to God the way that we need to be connected to God. In fact, did you know John chapter 8, verse 47, it says this, those who belong to God hear what he has to say, but those that do not hear him do not belong to him. Listen to that, John 8, 47. Those that belong to God hear what God says, but those that do not hear him do not belong to him. Does anybody belong to God tonight? Come on, do we have any Christians up here saved? Well, guess what? You have access to the voice of God. You have every single right to hear something from heaven. The God of the universe, although there are seven billion people, wants to speak and say something to you about your life, about your future, about your gifting, about what you're called to do, about what you're passionate about, whatever that looks like, he wants to say something to you, maybe even tonight. 
But more importantly than tonight, he wants you to walk away from War Week being a person that is constantly listening to God. But have you ever noticed in church, there's usually like two types of people. The first type of person is the person that is just like, man, I've never heard the voice of God. I don't understand. God speaks to other people. He doesn't speak to me. Like, what do you mean? Like an audible voice? I've never heard that. I never, ever, ever hear from God. And then there's the second person. How many have ever met this person before? That they seem to be talking to God and hearing from God every single day. They're like, yes, God told me to do this. God told me to do that. God told me to wake up at 7.33 in the morning. So that's when I woke up, and then I opened up my closet, and there was a red shirt and a blue shirt. And he said, wear the red shirt, because that's the blood of Jesus. So I put the red shirt on, and I walked out the door, and he told me to get in my car and then go to McDonald's and order number two. He said a number two, not a one, not a three, number two. And God told me this, and God told me that. And I think that God might just find us, like, somewhere in the middle and just say, listen, I'm still speaking but it's a sacred conversation. I guarantee you that a Pastor Steve and a Pastor Juan and all these guys over here, they have heard the voice of God. And maybe it's not happening every single day, but they are in the ministry because they heard the voice of God. They got married to their wife because they heard the voice of God. They started a church because they heard the voice of God. This is where the entire thing begins. And in the Bible, we hear God's voice, and it's coming through earthquakes, and it's coming through prophets, and it's coming through bushes, and it's coming through whispers. And God can still do those things, but a lot of times, God just speaks through people. God God speaks through his word. God, God speaks through his spirit. God can speak through your situation or your struggle. How many believe that God still speaks today? He still speaks. He still speaks but are we gonna be willing to listen to these different things? And sometimes we get so caught up in church and the way in which God speaks and how does he speak and when does he speak and what does it sound like when he speaks and the style of his speaking, but it's not so much about how he is speaking, it's just about if we are listening. Because how many have learned in their life of being a Christian, when God wants to get your attention, he will get your attention. He can speak through anybody, anywhere, doing anything. This is how he works. I remember, a while back when I bought my first car, it was a Nissan Maxima, 1998, tinted windows, about 150,000 miles on it. And I go to the used parking lot to buy this car in Brooklyn, New York, and I'll never forget what happened. I got in the car, and I'm leaving the lot, and I'm driving back home, and as I'm driving, I see on the steering wheel that there's some buttons, like, you know, like the volume button, change the song, different things like that. And then there's this little button that said voice memo. I said, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, what's that about? So I'm trying to pull out the instruction manual. I'm trying to read it, like, while I'm driving, you know, safe stuff. And I realized that the, the voice memo button is you can push the button, and then it records your voice into a voice note, and then it plays it back to you. So, like, you can, like, do your grocery list. You can do a reminder. Do whatever you want. Just push the button. It records it and then puts it in a file, and then it says it back to you through the car speakers. I was like, that's amazing. I love that. So I push the button, and then up on the screen, it says there's one voice memo. Like, there was one that had already been recorded, but I just got the car, and I've never done this before. So I'm like, oh, that's, that's weird. Like, why is there a voice memo on the car? I just bought the car. And then I realized it's a used car, so somebody, whoever owned the car before me, he forgot to delete the voice memo. So 
I hit play out of curiosity, like, oh my gosh, like, what am I about to hear? I'm driving down the highway. I'm about to hear somebody else's voice note. So I'm driving and I literally hit the play button. All of a sudden, this voice comes booming out of the speakers and it says, Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. If you believe in him, you will not perish, but you will have everlasting life. And it starts preaching the gospel at me. My car is preaching the gospel. How many know that when God wants to get your attention, he will use anything to speak to you? Don't worry about how he's going to do it. Don't worry about when he's going to do it. He just wants us tonight to come into his presence and just say, hey, listen, my ears are open. I want to hear from you. I need to hear from you. I don't want to try to do this thing on my own. I'm not smart enough. But God, if you talk to me, I will respond to you. I don't know about you, I'm in a season of life right now where I need to hear some things from God. And and perhaps God will speak those things to you tonight, or maybe it won't happen tonight at this altar, but maybe it'll just be you setting up your heart and setting up your life where God is saying, you know what, I can trust that person with my voice. I'm gonna begin speaking to them. You know, I'm from New York City. Anybody ever been to New York City? It's a crazy place. And um, they have this new thing in New York City. I don't know if they have it in Detroit yet, but it's this new concept they come out with about a year or two ago, and it's called quiet clubbing. Quiet clubbing. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard of this before, but it's basically just like a regular club. There's dancing, and there's music, and there's drinking, and there's a bunch of people, but the only difference is at the quiet club, it's completely silent. And how this works is when, everybody, when people come into the quiet club, they realize really quickly that the music is not coming through speakers. The music is coming through headphones. And as soon as you walk in the door, everybody gets a pair of wireless headphones. They put them on, and then they have a Bluetooth, and they begin to sync into the DJ at the quiet club, and they can pick different genres of music to dance to. I want to dance to rock. I want to dance to rap. I want to dance to R&B. I want to dance to classical, since everybody dances to classical, okay? They pick the genre, and then what you have is a bunch of different people dancing to different music, but at the exact same time. It's unbelievable. In fact, I have a picture of it. I want to show it to you. I think we have it up there, and this is a picture of a quiet club in New York City, okay? So people have these, look at them. I mean, they're just partying. They're having a great time. But when you walk into a place like that and you see them going crazy, but you don't hear anything, it is very weird. And they all these headphones, they they, they look kind of like this, and they literally put the headphones on just like that, and they hit the button, whatever, and they're like, eh, you know, and they're dancing different music, different people, different songs, and they look completely crazy, and they look like a weird person, kind of like I do right now. But here's the thing, if you're looking from the outside in, you think they look crazy, but the reality is they're hearing something that nobody else is hearing. And is this not like God sometimes? This representing a relationship with God, and God will be saying stuff to you, and you might look crazy following the voice of God, and everybody else thinks you look completely foolish, but you're hearing something that nobody else is hearing. This is the amazing thing about our relationship with God. He literally will give you supernatural headphones to tune into the frequency of his voice into your life. How many know that is an incredible thing? That God just doesn't have a word for the church. God just doesn't say, hey, here's my voice for all Christians. He says, no, I want to say something to you. 
I want to say something to you. I want to say something to you. If you're willing to listen to this thing. I'm going to show you my favorite part of the story, and then we're going to pray right now. Check this out. At the very end of the story with Samuel, and I think this is the word for us tonight because Samuel hears this voice. He gets woken up in the middle of the night. Eli doesn't hear the voice, but he hears the voice. And then all of a sudden, verses and verses later, it says this about Samuel. This is absolutely incredible because he becomes such a leader and such a voice to his generation. Verse 19 says, The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. Listen to that. The Lord was with Samuel, and he grew up, and he let none of his words fall to the ground. In other words, when Samuel spoke, people listened. When Samuel spoke, there was an authority about him. When Samuel spoke, you knew that it was not just his voice, it was God's voice through him. And this is what I have learned as a preacher, but this is not just for preachers, this is for all of us tonight. When you listen to God, people will listen to you. When you listen to God, people will listen to you. In a world of so much talk and so much tweeting and so much humor and so much things going on constantly, breaking through the noise, God wants to raise some people up right here at War Week and say, you know what, I want to give you my voice because when you're willing to listen to me, other people will be willing to listen to you. It's an incredible thing. I don't know about you, I grew up in a church where it was like, Whenever there was a youth ministry meeting, it'd be like, all the young people, come forward, come forward. And then the pastor would be like, right here tonight, there are certain people that are pastors in here. There's young missionaries in here. There's young evangelists in here. And that's great and that's true, but I want to tell you tonight, there are more than just those three things that God wants to use. God needs young people to rise up and be in education and be in politics. God needs people in sports. God needs people in music. God needs people in fashion. He needs his voice represented everywhere throughout the world. Does anybody believe that? That's what he needs. Come on, you can clap if you believe that. But it's going to take some of us tonight saying, you know what? Man, we've, we've heard some great sermons. Man, we've sang some great songs. But you know what? Right now in this moment, I want to open up my ears to God in a whole new way in my life. Maybe you're here tonight and you're like, you know what? I've heard God speak to me a few times. Or maybe you're like, you know what? i got to be honest. That's never happened to me before. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what that means. I don't feel like I've ever, ever heard God before. Tonight is a night, just like Samuel, we open up ourselves and say, you know what, Lord? Speak, for your servant is listening. And I just want us collectively together tonight in faith to believe right here in Detroit, God, would you speak to us? Because here's the thing, we can never be a voice unless we first hear his voice. And God is wanting to raise you up and make you a voice in your school and a voice in your family and a voice on your campus and a voice back to the city that you are from. But before you can be a voice, we have to we have to hear his voice. We have to be in relationship with him and hear from heaven. Come on, would you just stand up to your feet all over this place? The worship team's gonna come back and JC's gonna come up. Lisa's gonna come up. They're gonna lead us. We're gonna see what happens in just a minute. But as you're standing, I'm gonna ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes.
I'm gonna lower those lights a little bit and every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Right now, with your heads bowed, I just want you to, I want you to do business with God. I want you to have an exchange with heaven. I wish I could do it for you, but I can't do it for you. Pastor Devin can't do it for you. Pastor Steve can't do it for you. Lisa can't do it for you. But right now, you have the right to say to God, speak, for your servant is listening. I give you my ears, not just tonight, but for the rest of my life. God, I'm not going to know your plan unless I can hear your voice. So God, I just say tonight that we want to hear from you. God, forgive us for trying to come up with answers on our own. Forgive us for listening to everybody else, calling everybody else, looking to everybody else. God, tonight we fix our eyes on Jesus the author and the perfecter of our faith. God, because one word from you is better than a thousand words from anybody else. Anybody else. Before we sing, I'm gonna ask you, because I believe this is not a message for three or four or 17 people tonight. I believe this is a message for your generation. This is a message for this entire group of people. This is a message for this conference and for this city that we would be people that are not listening to the voices all around us, but we are listening to the voice that is above every other voice. And right now in this moment, why don't we just, why don't we step out of our seats? Why don't we just come here to the front all together as one big family here at War Week? Come on, just press in by the stage here for a moment. Just as a a symbolism as of coming forward, a symbolism of us stepping out of where we are and stepping into where we want to be. I'm gonna pray and then we're gonna sing together. Jesus, we're okay with quiet at times even though it can be so awkward in today's culture, but God, we step away from the noise. Jesus, we follow your example. You withdrew from the crowd. You went up to the top of the mountain. You woke up in the morning before everybody else. And God, if you had to hear the Father's voice, how much more do we need to hear your voice? So God, I thank you for the 14-year-old. I thank you for the 21-year-old. I thank you for the 11-year-old. I thank you for every single person that is here today. And God, we open up our ears and we open up our life to listen to you. And we understand tonight that we can't know God's plan without an ability to hear God's voice. So God, I thank you for the gifting that is in this room, every talent to write, to sing, to lead, to disciple, to develop, to create. God, there's so much gifting in here, so much talent in here within every single person, but God, that talent is nothing unless you touch that talent. So God, I pray right now that you would begin to speak to people supernaturally. Do 
what I cannot do. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this special podcast from Warweek 2017.